<laughs> Hi. I wish there was some way to avoid my chair sliding across the basement in the the sound here. Wheels. Wheel. Wheels. You're really so sure. smart. I'm a genius. <laughs> but then I have the sound of wheels. Shh. All right. Anyway, uh, this is Goose <laughs> Chase. Uh, we're back with another episode. Yes. If you hear weird scraping oh God, sounds, that's it's really annoying. That's really <laughs> annoying. It's our dog's cone because he can't stop itching yeah, himself. The epic saga from last week continues because because yeah. uh, he drove me so insane that episode. Yeah, we had to put the cone on him. Yeah, so now he's had a cone on his head for like a week. It's yeah. getting better. It's healing. I forgot. Yeah, I thought he hated it and like couldn't stand it. He's, he's fine. fine. Yeah, he's all right. He's, he's fine. You just scary. are guilty. Yeah, I feel guilty because he looks. <laughs> He just looks pathetic, but he always looks pathetic. He, he always looks like he's having the worst time. Yeah. I don't know what's up with him. He's just a he's just he a knows real how to manipulate dog. us. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what's up with him. Yeah, he's figured out how to do it. Um so yeah, we're back. We are back. It is and uh, better it, than ever. We've survived the snow apocalypse. At least as mediocre as ever. As mediocre as ever is accurate. <laughs> I'll take I'll take that one. Yes, we survived snowpocalypse you know there was so much build-up to this thing like it was going to be the end of the world and everyone bought into it myself included i i was like of two minds about it on the one hand i'm like it's is it going to be the most snow we've gotten so far yes is it going to be like every other time we've gotten the most snow we've gotten so far yeah yes it's gonna suck they're gonna have a hard time keeping up with the roads everyone's gonna panic yeah but it's gonna be fine it was a, I mean, the next, the Saturday and Sunday, like collectively, were pretty gnarly. Yeah. I mean, we didn't really go to many places. We had to go to the store because I had ordered a cake for you. Dog. Well, go away. Oh my God. I might have to deal with this. Anyway, <clears throat> I had ordered a cake for you for your birthday. Yeah, which was nice. Really nice birthday. Yeah. Really, really nice birthday. So, yeah, we had to go to the store for that, and then we we were spoken to very sarcastically by the oh, person in produce. That's right. That guy, <laughs> he could not have been more obviously unhappy to have us there. I'm uh, like, dude, you're here no matter what. I'm sorry. I wouldn't normally come here, but, like, I didn't know two weeks ago <laughs> that there was going to be snowpocalypse for my boyfriend's birthday. Yeah. I love it. His, his, his statement was, well, really glad you guys could make it. And, like, like I didn't believe him anyway. Right. And, and then, then I was like, oh, yeah, we really wouldn't have, but I, I had ordered a cake, so. Yeah. He's like, good luck with that. <laughs> good like, luck with that. Okay. Are you telling me they didn't make my cake? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did everyone in the bakery department look at the snow and go, fuck that, and just not come? <laughs> no one's going to eat this cake, and then they all ate it themselves. Yeah, but it was there. Yeah, it and, was. And it said, happy birthday, Drogzy, on it, just luck, like I'd asked. Luck was with us, apparently. <laughs> Smartass. Oh, uh, that guy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be working that day either, but I would never be that rude. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, we had a really, really, uh, we had a great uh, snowpocalypse. We, uh, <clears throat> I didn't eat as many hot dogs as I thought I would. You didn't eat any. I ate zero hot dogs. Zero hot dogs. I planned to eat about eight hot dogs, and I did not eat any hot dogs. Yeah. My plans, my hot dog plans were set by like Friday. Because I went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
serious. I know. <laughs> after work. That's I, why it's funny. After work, I went to the grocery store with all the other panicky people, and I made sure to buy lots of hot dogs and hot dog buns. I do not do any such thing. Yeah. I do not plan. I let everyone around me panic and reaped the benefits. Nice. That's a way to do it. I think so. Yeah, just let everyone else deal with that shit. <laughs> and um, I lucked out because my car was here for all of this, and your very nice neighbor who just likes using a snowblower yeah. did the driveway for us. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, he really pulled together in the clutch there. Where if if it, like like if we had had to dig ourselves out, that would have taken forever. Yeah, it was like eight inches of snow. It was yeah. like another eight inches after I'd already like knocked like ten inches off the driveway. So the next day when I or whenever I went to my mom's house next, I pull into the driveway because I'm like, I can't park in the street right now. I pull into the driveway. Their driveway was spotless. Really? Like no snow in it because my stepdad used the snowblower and yeah. then shoveled after that. He got that driveway clean. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I, I was like impressed. <laughs> it's actually like very strange in the middle of like like a, a blizzard for your driveway to have nothing on it at all. It's just you know the level of of obsession he has yeah. with it, but <laughs> I appreciated it because even your I didn't even tell you this, but I had a hard time getting out of your driveway. Yeah, when I went to work the next day because. The snow was, like, compacted around my back tires. Yeah. So I had to, like, stamp it down a little bit and then rock my car to get out of it. And I always get nervous because your car's right next to mine. So I'm just like, hope I don't hit Dave's car. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do that the first time I got out, too. Because, yeah, it all piles around the tires. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It was okay, though. I'm not talking about snow. It's fine. It exists. We all survived. We all survived. Everything was cool. Today was not as cold. Uh, no, so that was good. today was the, the merciful clearing of all of the snow. We got rain all day and we got up to the 50s, I think, which is weird. I buy it. Uh, so that was interesting. Total reversal. We're supposed to get snow again tomorrow. I don't know what the hell's going to happen. I don't understand it. We don't have to talk about the weather. It's just <laughs> the weather is stupid. It just it it just happens. <clears throat> right. I'm just here, just like all of us. I'm just here for it. I don't even care about it. It's a, it's a wise thing you just said, weather. It just happens. It just happened. <laughs> Put that down in your quotes list. All yeah. right. Weather. It just happens. I'm just here. It just happens. That's going on the coffee mug. <laughs> uh, so what else? Um, well, we kind of glossed over your birthday, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about your birthday if you wanted to. Sure. Yeah. I Well, it was... It was a really, really nice birthday, and uh, <clears throat> in particular, after the last couple of years, uh, it was really nice to have what happened this year. Because I always, especially like like thirty, was a really bad birthday for me, mm -hmm. and it just freaked me out. Well, you just let yourself get so like worked up about it, like yeah, because it's a big birthday. Yeah, and it's just like I wasn't ready to stop saying I'm in my twenties. <laughs> like yeah. I couldn't deal with that even. Uh, and it just, it just kind of like made me feel weird. I've been 90 on the inside since I was like 13. Yeah. So I just, it's no big deal to me. <laughs> it's right. I mean, like, I know it's not a big deal in general, but just for some reason, the, like the, the psychology of that was just messing me up. It's hard to let go of it. And 31 was better because I went through all that, you know, with 30, but I still like this year when it came around, I just, I don't, I didn't even want people to know it was my birthday. I just wanted to dodge the whole thing. I always yeah, try to. You're uh, dating me, so. I know. 
I know. Well, I try to I try to just like I just want to go under the radar because I don't know no, what I get to that. do with it. I I used to like try to do something big on my birthday, and it, the plans would fall through every time, and I would just get really frustrated and depressed. Like no one wants to hang out with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> mm. so I had a new policy of. Just like treating it like a normal day and then maybe trying to hang out with people on the weekend or whatever, like yeah. not make a big deal of it. And this year for me, that kind of I sort of applied that philosophy, but it it I didn't make any real big plans myself, but things just aligned. Yeah, right. And I ended up like doing stuff on my birthday and having a really good time. And I think that kinda worked out for you too. Yeah. The same way. But um, the the uh, so I was really like I, I got completely caught off guard because we had already had my birthday like on Saturday night. Yes, which you was, and I celebrated on your actual birthday. Uh, you made me a a bearskin rug. Which Correction: is, a stuffed bearskin <laughs> rug. So, so I since I've been basically for the last couple of weeks saying I wanted a bearskin rug or a cowhide rug, and you think both of them are too sad. We were, yes, <laughs> we were looking at rugs Yeah. now that we tore the carpet up in the living room and every, like, uh, the hide rugs would just keep popping up and yep. you're like, I want one. I'm like, I can't have that. It's just depressing. I probably I can't even afford those. those hide rugs right. to begin with. So I was trying to think of something funny to get you that was like that you would like, but also be goofy. Yeah. I also wanted to throw off the scent for the big gift. So I wanted you to think this is it. <laughs> this is what you're getting. So I was plenty happy with everything. I was already I know, happy. I know. But then you got next level happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so I went to Joanne Fabrics and I purchased some 40% off faux fur. Mm-hmm. And I ordered a stuffed bear head off of Amazon because you can find anything on Amazon. Apparently. And I sewed them together. Yeah. It looks awesome. It looks like a bearskin rug with just like a stuffed bear head with its mouth open. Which is great because we have this. Now we have that on the floor. And then immediately above it, we have like a mounted llama head, a Christmas llama head. We decided we're fake taxidermy people. Yes. We just need all the fake taxidermy. <laughs> If anyone has any fake taxidermy they need to get rid of, <laughs> you know where to send it. It's awesome. A theme is emerging in the yes. living room. <laughs> it's very weird, uh, but I'm I'm here for it. So we we had Saturday, and you gave me that, and you gave me my corn dog pen, which is so funny. It's like a just a squishy corn <laughs> dog with a pen inside it. And that's great, and uh, and some incense, which we burned. We tried to uh, we burned one of them. I was gonna say determining which one of them uh, is which was the tricky part. Yeah, I still because I wanted to write down the names, but I didn't want to be that person in five below taking notes on what incense she was buying. Yeah. So I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I only remembered like a couple of them. I know one was called like Dragon Blood. That's one of the like earthier smelling ones. And then I know one was like strawberry, and one was like cola. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of other ones. Might be one named after a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was nice, and then also you gave me a really cool video game that I'd never even heard of. It's called We Happy Few. Yeah, uh, and it takes place in like a sort of like uh, 
like a 60s uh, London kind of thing where everyone is on this weird joy pill that keeps them all happy uh, and also like gives them hallucinations like everything's fine. But of course, everything's really bad. And yeah, and it's cool. You're trying to like essentially escape, you know, or, or get back to where you got kicked out of. Which you're, is cool. you're trying to find your brother. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, who, like, you got separated from, and you're, like, as you play, you're learning more about the backstory and, like, how this happened and why it happened. Yeah. But essentially, you got separated, and you're just trying to get back to him. Yeah. And you're learning things the whole way, and you're, like, coming yeah. off of the the joy pills that they feed you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm trying to, I don't want to spend forever talking <clears throat> about this, but basically, that was really nice, and mm-hmm. we did all that. And then Sunday we had a regular Sunday night uh, and I, you know, we, we had a cake and, and that was like, you know, like plenty enough for me to do. I didn't expect to have any more birthday stuff. I was perfectly happy with everything that already happened. And then you guys all surprised me because you, the uh, evil birthday genius you are, <laughs> uh, got everyone together to contribute uh, and uh, you all pitched in and got me a 115 can refrigerator. Yes. Which is so cool and so great. And I can't wait to fill it with stuff to serve when people come over. It it makes it will make our our parties, you know, so much easier. Well, I'm telling you, the best gifts are things that aren't just for the person they're for. Like, yeah. especially for you, maybe yeah. not for other people, but I know you like have trouble accepting really nice things. But I know it's easier for you to accept them if it's something that is beneficial to not just you. Yeah. If it's something we both can use yeah. or like the group can take advantage of. So I knew, and you've been talking about getting a fridge like that for a long time. Yeah. It clears up so much room in the actual fridge. It's it really nice. My fridge looks like empty now, which is great. Because <laughs> yeah. it was all just 12 packs of soda and 24 packs of beer. And it just, it just too much stuff. Took so. up too much room. Um, so that was really nice. And the card that you gave me was really nice. And everyone being there was really nice. And it just completely overwhelmed me. More people wanted to be there, but I know snow, Mageddon, <laughs> snow, Mageddon, and people had to work. So. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty hard to, uh, to, to get around that day. So, yeah. uh, but I was really, really grateful for that. That was really, really nice. That's enough about me. <laughs> um, I just want to point out that I lugged, again, that I lugged that thing up your ramp using a <laughs> golf bag carrier as oh, yeah. a dolly. This is what I found out afterwards is you go, oh, you got that dolly in your garage. And, and I you're went, like, what dolly? And I was like, yeah, I do, of course I do. What? And I was thinking. <laughs> and then I went out to look. It's a golf bag ca- caddy. <laughs> it's in the trick. <laughs> and I, I went, I'm like, that's. That's not a dolly. <laughs> it <laughs> but worked. But it carried that yeah. fridge. It worked. Up the ramp. It's metallic with wheels that you could place <laughs> something on. It did what it needed to do. It did it. <laughs> I did it. Very impressed. Ugh. I just, I get <clears throat> thoughts in my head and I have to carry them out. Yeah, right. No matter what I have to use to do that. <laughs> um, I was going to use the wheelie chair. That would have been... An option. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not the best one. But we have other really cool things that I want to talk about. Yeah. Do we Are these top level things or middle segment things? These are top level things. Okay. Let's talk um, about them. So one, 
is something we neglected to talk about last week because we had such a long break. Yeah, I'm really kind of pissed off at myself about this. Yeah, I meant to, and I forgot to write it in my notes, which is what the notebook is for. (laughs) Failing. So um, I wanted to thank Kirsten, Mm -hmm. who went a couple places and sent us some flattened pennies from them. Which are so freaking cool. These are this is something I I love these flattened pennies. (laughs) Anytime I go somewhere, I try to bring one back with me. Yeah, she sent us some udger. She sent us some udger things too. But I want to look at them and describe them and Mm -hmm. and talk about what she sent us because they're really cool. So um she God they're sometimes hard to read. I have bad eyes already. So she sent us one penny from the Roswell, New Mexico UFO Museum. It has little aliens and a UFO on it. I think there's two of those, which is cool. I do. Yeah. I I do. I I do think so. I really like this one. Yes, there are. You know what? I'd like to actually know a little bit more about her experience about going to Roswell. Yeah, if you want to let us know what you did there. I bet that's awesome. Um, Winchester Mystery House one in San Jose, California, mm-hmm. and it has the number 13 inside like a spider's web and a spoopy little <laughs> spidery thing or something. Pretty there spoopy. is that a flower. Can't tell. Pretty spoopy. That one's cool? Yeah. Yeah, it's I believe I believe in the bottom corner there that that's a spider. Although it has too many legs to be a spider. Yeah, that's what I thought. It kind of looks like a daisy. Um then there's a Winchester Mystery House again and this is like the actual house. That one's really cool. It's yeah. like kind of a lot of detail on a little penny. Yeah, it is. It's sweet. It's like the entire, you can see like the, all the little peaks and everything of, and it's uh, underneath this is San Jose, California. I really like this one. And then there's uh, the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum and Planetarium. And it has, what's that beetle called? The be- What beetle? The, the beetle the, that's on there. It has a name? Yeah, it's like, um, oh, this is really silly, but they mentioned it in The Mummy. <laughs> like, a, just like a scarab? Yeah, it's like a scarab. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That's the word that was <laughs> evading me. They mentioned it in The Mummy. <laughs> it's just such an old reference. <laughs> Everyone remembers them. Everyone saw The Mummy. But it's like not the best version of The Mummy that I love it anyway. Yeah. So anyway, um, she also sent us a sticker of the Winchester Mystery House. It's a really cool, like, kind of 1960s-ish color theme design Yeah, right. Design like, all of of the, it. There's, like, a retro theme to these designs that I really, really like. Yeah, Very there's cool a, another sticker, slightly different design of the house as well. Um, some postcards yeah. from the Winchester Mystery House of, like, things you would see there. Like, obviously, they're, like, illustrated, but, like, some of the stained glass and the doors. Yeah, right. And, like, some of the creepier doors and just all kinds of stuff. Creepier doors. Creepier doors. Yeah, I really like this one uh, in particular. This is my favorite one, which has, like, it's, the whole thing looks like a stained glass design. And it's got those, uh, the the words that are put on either side of the front door on either Mm -hmm. side on those banners. Um um, it, I, I really like this one in the design. What are those words again? They are wide, un, <laughs> wide unclasped the tables of their thoughts. These same thoughts people this little world. 
that means something. <laughs> <laughs> that is a thing that someone decided to put on their door. It's a very interesting thing. Um, she also sent us a postcard from the Museum of Death, which I really like. It's a picture of a cemetery, and at the bottom it says, wish you were here. <laughs> I really like that. That's... <laughs> That's so classic. Yep. That's a legit, that's a legit burn. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that one. And from the Rosicrucian order, there's a little like prayer type thing. Why don't we read it? It's a contribution to peace. All right. I contribute to peace when I strive to express the best of myself in my contacts with others. I contribute to peace when I use my intelligence and my abilities to serve the good. I contribute to peace when I feel compassion toward all those who suffer. I contribute to peace when I look upon all as my brothers and sisters, regardless of race, culture, or religion. I contribute to peace when I rejoice over the happiness of others and pray for their well-being. I contribute to peace when I listen with tolerance to opinions that differ from mine or even oppose them. I contribute to peace when I resort to dialogue rather than force to settle any conflict. I contribute to peace when I respect nature and preserve it for generations to come. I contribute to peace when I do not seek to impose my conception of God upon others. I contribute to peace when I make peace the foundation of my ideals and philosophy. You know, I don't know that much about the Rosicrucians, but I, I, find, I find them legit. I don't disagree with any that's of that. A, that's a really, that's a really yeah. nice sort of, a, I don't know if you call that a credo or... <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what you'd call that, but I... Yeah. I agree with those things. I'm curious about them. And we've actually we, had them on our list for a while. On our list. And so maybe one of us should do them pretty yeah. soon. But this cover this, that topic pretty soon. Yeah. This is this is something nice though. I like those words and those sentiments. Yes. Let's just frame it. Okay. <laughs> Let's put it on the fridge. And repeat it every day. Okay. So just like prayer. No. We're just we're Rosicrucians now. <laughs> we're Rosicrucians now. <laughs> just we're just starting. We don't know anything about it, but we're, we're jumping right we're on. We're going in. completely in with our eyes closed. That it's what we do, right? Yeah, sure. It's exactly in line with what we do <laughs> here on like, Juice Chase. It sounds like us. No, oh, we don't painstakingly research everything. <laughs> Even the microwave, we're probably never going to buy. Right. Hey, Amazon thinks you need it. It thinks it knows I need something. It, it knows something. It's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> also, one more thing. Yeah. Um. Do you want to take this one? Uh, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Okay, I'll take over on this one. So, uh, the other day we were really excited to see we uh, we received an email. This is on I think Saturday morning. Uh, I noticed we had a new email. It was on Saturday because I saw it at work and I almost cried. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> well, really, it was really exciting. Um, we got an email. So if you listened to last week's episode, uh, you'll know that we covered the Zendik Art Farm uh, cult. Uh, and mm -hmm. we relied on Christy relied on a number of sources. The The biggest ones uh, were from Helen Zuman, who uh, wrote uh, Mating in Captivity. Mm -hmm. uh, as well as a really lengthy FAQ with lots of good information for people who don't know anything about Zendig. It's a, a pretty great resource. Yes. Um, and we were overwhelmed to see that she had uh, written us an email, which was really nice. And uh, she uh, she was very she was very nice. And she she thanked us for the praise of her book. 
Um, and uh, she thanked us for an earnest attempt to try and explain what Zendik is, which is, of course, in, in, in her words, I think, a strange beast at best or something yeah. like that. So um, I think <clears throat> that's all I could ask for as a compliment from anyone who yeah. was involved with or was part of a topic that we've covered for them to say, like, hey, you tried to cover this and like you yeah. you tried to do it yeah but of course <laughs> um, you know we we were we were curious when we got that and so we we reached out uh to helen and just said you know like uh we you know if there's anything that you feel like maybe we left out or that we haven't you know quite covered you know uh accurately uh to let us know and uh we we heard back and she said that she was gonna you know write some notes down she had she caught a couple discrepancies you know between you know, our understanding and her understanding. So, yeah, um, we're hoping to hear back from her. And if we do, we'll we'll let you know on the show. Um, we will give an update once we hear back from her about that. Yeah. Um, flattered that she listened. Yeah, right. That was really, really nice. Um, and that she is listening again. Yeah. Um, to give us some feedback. Like, super exciting. Yeah, it's And really the cool. fact that we know this podcast isn't far-reaching and a lot of the people it reaches are people in our lives who we already know, family and friends. And that's yeah. great. We love that. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it reached further outside of those circles and it, we might contact with someone who was actually in like the part of the of topic. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. Was just overwhelming and uh, really, really cool. Yeah, it was nice to hear from her. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, maybe anything that she identifies that we can be more accurate on. We don't always get that opportunity. Yeah. We we very often don't get the opportunity to sort of dialogue with anyone who's the subject of something and, and sort of, um, you know, correct ourselves and get closer to the truth. And that's always that's something we value. You know, yeah. we like to be corrected. We like to, to, you know, sort of get closer to the truth here. So uh, if we hear back from her, we'll let you know, which would be really yeah. cool. I mean, we're just two schmucks in a basement in Youngstown, Ohio, <laughs> know, talking right. about shit we know nothing about. So relying strictly on the Internet, which, as everyone knows, never lies. That's true. You'll <laughs> never find a lie on the Internet. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was that. That was really exciting. We're looking forward you to You won't find any lies. You'll just find fake news. Fnews. Fnews. Fnews? Yes, and also sometimes truths. Sometimes there's truths too. Yes. Oh boy, this is reminding me of something. What's that? Would it would it be a well, game? Well, there's it there's this game. This is ancient archaic game. <laughs> um it was invented by the ancient Sumerians. Yeah. Yeah. Um they called it trues and news. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, did they? Yeah, they sure did. <laughs> uh, maybe you, it lost something in translation. <laughs> maybe it did. Because that's a really bad name. Yeah, it's a super bad name. <laughs> I would kind of an idiot would call it that. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, girlfriend. Yeah. Do you want to play Trues and Fnews? Yeah, let's give it a shot. All right, let's do it. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me. It's time for Trues and Fnews. Time to play Trues and Fnews. Everyone's playing, everyone's playing the famous game, famous game, the game that's taking the internet by storm. It's time for Trues and a Merv Griffin production. Trues and Fnews.
Truths and Fnews. I did not practice this like I said I was going to. <laughs> Truths and Fnews is a game where I give you two false news stories, one true news story, and you have to tell me which one is the truth. All right. Or the truths, you mean. The truths. And I have to discard the Fnews. Discard the Fnews like old get it garbage. Get it out of here. Get it out of here. Why is it even here? Throw it away. Pick it up. Put it in the trash. No. Bad. Why do you even have this news here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, gener- you, you generated garbage deliberately. I did. Yeah. I made, you made philosophical garbage. <laughs> put it out into the ether yeah. for this. You generated news to be destroyed. <clears throat> yes. It's kind of like my version of a mandala. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Just putting garbage out of the It's a creative endeavor world. just so we could shit on it and move on. Yep. Um, <laughs> are you ready for the I'm first one? I'm very ready. What do we got? Arizona man accidentally invited to stranger's bachelor party gets to go anyway. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> All right. Lays to release new flavor of chip based on CEO's favorite snack. Keep your eyes peeled for hard boiled egg flavored Lays. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hard boiled egg potato chip. That doesn't sound nice to yeah. me. No. Yeah. I egg, mean. <laughs> egg is already a flavor that's like. It's the CEO's favorite snack. <laughs> <laughs> get, me, get me an egg chip. But, uh, well, sir, so. we haven't done any research. I, 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 fuck it. Get me an egg chip. <laughs> All right. Uh, lastly, new store. What a pickle allows you to pick a peck of pickled peppers and even teaches you to pickle them yourself. Dave is dying. New store. What a pickle. (laughs) It has to be said that way. (laughs) Okay. They let you pick a peck of pickled peppers and pickle or pick a peck of pick a peck of peppers and pickle them too. Yeah. All right. Yes, I absolutely do. Arizona man accidentally invited to stranger's bachelor party gets to go anyway. Okay. Lays to release new flavor of chip based on CEO's favorite snack. Keep your eyes peeled for hard-boiled egg-flavored Lays. Keep your eyes peeled. God, you really should be a news anchor. (laughs) You lean into those puns exactly the right way. Yeah, lean hard into the puns. Peeled. (laughs) <laughs> I could do the fake laugh and everything I yeah. can tease my hair up real big <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what's our third one? New store What a pickle Allows you to pick a pack of pickled peppers And even teaches you to pickle them yourself <laughs> Okay Alright <clears throat> I'm calling BS on that one On the store that lets you pick a pack of pickled peppers And then pickle them? Yourself? Wait, you can't pick a peck of pickled peppers. I yeah. never understood that tongue twister. You you pick a peck of pickled peppers. Peckers. Pe- pecker peckers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my peckers pickled. Okay. Fair enough. To each their own, I guess. Uh, so but you can't pick a you can't wow, this is gonna mess up. You can't pick a pickled pepper. It's not pickled before you pick it. Once it's pickled, you've picked it already. What picking it? Proceeds pickling it. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> it's not meant to make sense. All right. I think that one's news. 
And as much as I uh, as as much as I loathe the idea uh, of a a hard boiled egg chip, I also don't buy it. I just don't think anyone wants it. I'm going with bachelor party guy. Trues. Yes. Yes. You're right. You know what? Here's another thing. You're going to have to change up your strategy. You're going to have to change because I'm starting to figure you out, Davenport. (laughs) No, here's the thing. I really wanted to tell to use that Trues. I wanted to use the Arizona man yeah. Sorry, because it's a really good and funny real story. Oh, really? But then when I was coming up with my fake ones, I was like, these are so outlandish, and that is not. And it's really obvious, but I don't care. It's just the puns. Oh, yeah. I it's, I couldn't help myself. I know you can't. That's how I'm going to That's how I'm gonna try and get you next time. Okay, next time I'm going to find a real one with a real good pun. I'm looking, for, I'm, <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking closely at your puns now. I got you to say peck a pickled pepper so many times, though, and so it's a success for me. Was that like the secondary objective of this? I was like trying to think of topics, and I was, it was, I, when I first started thinking of that one, I was at my house and I was like getting my stuff together, and I was like, what can I make a fake news story on? And my head is just a broken, scary place. So the first thought that came to mind was pickles. <laughs> I was like, what do I do with that? Yeah, that's, I, I need more information, Brad. <laughs> it was just pickles. Pickles. was all I got. <laughs> it's like talking to the worst psychic ever. You're like, what do you see in your future? Pickles. <laughs> okay, great. Pickles. What? Elaborate, please. What, like I marry a pickle? <laughs> like I, I eat them? I choke like... on a pickle and I die? Any extra details? I discover that my long lost brother is a pickle. <laughs> ah, pickles. So what's up with bachelor party guy? This is a real thing. Yes, this is a really funny thing that happened. Um, <laughs> so the first article I saw, I was trying to find one that didn't sound quite so British because I knew if I used the BBC article, you would know I would never use the term stag party. Oh, so. But that one is called The Typo That Led a Man to a Stranger's Stag Party. (laughs) I just found like a Fox News article that calls it a bachelor party. Yeah, right. Um, So basically, this guy named Will from Arizona got an email saying, inviting him to someone's bachelor, bachelor party. Yeah, someone he, I guess, doesn't know. Yeah, a guy named Angelo. I'm just going to read this. Okay. Um. It seems so urgent, like one of those emails you get from a prince asking you to send them money. The email, titled Angelo's Bachelor Party, had been intended for a small group of friends. It set out the details of an upcoming ski trip to Vermont. So keep in mind, this guy's from Arizona. Sure. To send Angelo off into married life. Will doesn't know anyone called Angelo. He decided to reply. It was that decision that started what Will calls the strangest week of his life. (laughs) I do not know who Angelo is, Will wrote. I am a Will Novak who lives in Arizona. Vermont seems like a very far way for me to travel for the bachelor party of a guy I've never met. (laughs) That being said, count me in. (laughs) Will describes his reply as a joke. He offered to bring along his sweet Nintendo Switch games console or a selection of Sudoku puzzles if that was more to Angelo's taste. I didn't expect them to respond, Will said, but two days later they did. The group of friends, including Bill Novak, for whom the initial email was intended, 
urged him to come along. If you think we're kidding, we're not. You better be coming as we're all dying to meet you, they wrote. <laughs> not only will this be a weekend Angela will not forget, it will be one you surely will not forget as well. After posting the email exchange to social media, Will's story went viral, making headlines around the world and spawning the hashtag, hashtag Angela's bachelor party. <laughs> <clears throat> I love it. Will said the reaction to his post had been <clears throat> unbelievable, but admitted he had a couple of reservations. Other than the fact he hadn't skied in 20 years, Will <laughs> was also concerned about funding the impromptu trip. Yeah. On the recommendation of a friend, Will decided to set up a GoFundMe page, and in under two hours, he surpassed his $750 goal, <laughs> eventually raising more than $4,000. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, so... Uh, Will is going to give any leftover money to Angelo and his fiance, who are expecting their first child as a wedding present. That's really nice. Uh, Will described the weekend as fast-paced, high energy, and truly surreal. When he picked up his rental car, it had been upgraded to a Maserati, <laughs> which was quickly filled with cases of beer donated to Angelo's stag by a local brewery. <laughs> The group welcomed Will with fireworks and a heavy metal concert with Angelo on guitar. Despite what? sleeping, yeah, through his first ski lesson, Will said he did all right on the slopes. Although he said, I skied into a man and we fell into a fence together, but it was super low speed, slow speed, and it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, that sounds right. <clears throat> I once almost took out a four-year-old child while trying to snowboard, oh, which oh is no. why I never snowboard after that day. <laughs> I ended up trading back in for skis. Yeah. I just gave up. I was like, I can't do this. And Snow like, Snowboards, you really got to get comfortable. My balance, just I can't do that. Yeah. I just couldn't figure it out. Skis, I can handle, sure. which makes sense why I roller skate now. It's a much more organic thing for me to do than yeah. the whole feet facing the same direction I'm weirdly facing sideways i can't do it yeah right um asked what the best part of his bizarre week as a viral star had been will said the general feeling of openness and friendliness he encountered reflecting on it i could get pretty sentimental really it's a great lesson in being open to the universe and to others if a door opens walk through it you regret the chances you don't take rarely the ones you do take i've always been a class clown type and knowing i made thousands of people laugh makes me so happy that's great. Isn't that just like a feel-good story? That is the heartwarming news story we need right now. Yeah, just went to a random bachelor party. <laughs> if you think we're kidding, we're not. We're not. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Is the dudes just lean into it. Yeah, <laughs> and make it epic and crazy. Yeah, they made it huge. How I have a feeling these people have money because I don't think <laughs> they're from the States, but they came to Vermont for a stag party. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but maybe uh, it's just because the article was from the BBC, and yeah, so right. I'm misconstruing it as that. Don't but anyways. Don't know where Angelo's from. I'm not sure where Angelo's from. But they threw a heckin' party. <laughs> I don't know who upgraded his his uh, rental to a Maserati. I know, that's pretty intense. That's sweet. And they got a brewery to donate beer? Like, so cool. Yeah. This is what happens when the internet gets a hold of something, though. Yeah, and in the best possible way. Yeah. Because we see every day the evidence of the internet ruining things. Yep. <laughs> and so it's really nice to see something just, like, wholesome and sweet. Yeah, it is. So cool. Wow. 
That's a great truce. I really just wanted to talk about that. <laughs> so it was like, I, he's going to get it, but that's fine. That's a top-notch truce. Mwah. Mwah, that's a that's tasty a, truce. That's a <laughs> mamma mia. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so what do you got for our middle segment here? So the middle segment mm-hmm. is the opposite of the feel-good internet feeling. The oh, feel no. good feeling we got. Oh no! Um, Bring it down. Well, a notch. it's not like <laughs> it's not as sad. bad as it could be. Okay. It's not the worst of the internet. Okay. It's just like the normal level of horrible things that I come to expect from the internet. Okay. It's like the normal. Sure. So the article I got this from our friend Mel, mm-hmm. friend of the podcast, Mel. Yeah, hey Mel. Uh, mentioned it. And it was titled, The Empty Mason Jar of Influencer Economy, The Case of Caroline Calloway and Her Creative Workshop Tour. Hmm. This is like another fire festival. Oh, great. Yes. I love it. I figure since right now, since there's two documentaries, one on Hulu, one on Netflix. Yeah, amazingly. um, And I have... Friends that have watched the Netflix one that said it was really good, and I have friends that have watched the Hulu one that said it was good, so. I watched the Netflix one. Yeah. I was going to wait, but I didn't. Yeah, you didn't wait for me. No, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry. I just figured we'd never get to it. We have too many things that we're supposed to get to, and I'm like, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your forgiveness. We have a standing rule that if I decided I wanted to watch it with you, you had to rewatch it, so. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's never a problem. Yeah. So that's okay. Okay. I don't care. As long as you hold to that role, I really don't care. Okay, good. Um, but this is this is what happens when we look up to and value I hear the squeaking of you cleaning <laughs> your vape. Yeah, it's just just a little light little polish. It's just uh There we go. Some people are gonna hate that sound. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sorry. So this is what happens when we put people on a pedestal, especially Instagram people. Yeah, like people whose primary contribution is is like Instagram posts. Just like you. Okay. This This is not their real life. This isn't like anything someone packages to present to you on the Internet. Mm hmm. Most likely is not 100% accurate to who they are as a person. So it's not wise. Same thing goes for actors and stuff. Like you only see a small percentage of them. Yeah. And with actors, they're like lying about who they are, the small percentage (laughs) you see, because that's their job. Like that's not them you're seeing. Yeah. It's a character they're presenting. So like you don't know anything about them and about who they really are. But we get so wrapped up in like – portrayals of who people are yeah and we put them on a pedestal and then we're disappointed when it doesn't work out yeah when when we discover that people are people and not just their like carefully curated personas yeah so i'm not sure if she's necessarily a bad person Mm. i just think she is flawed (laughs) like all of us like I, i don't know that she did anything intentionally Sure. Or if she's just very unaware of her limitations. Okay. Um, but so she is 
pretty notable on Instagram. I'm not really an Instagram person. I'm not on Instagram. I don't I'm get on it. it, but barely. I have one for Bo, and I I need to post more pictures Wait, on it. Hold, hold on. Bo has an Instagram. <laughs> My dog has an Instagram he that does. I don't know about. Yeah. When were you going to tell me about this? It just never came up. We don't really talk about Instagram. You're not on it. But <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about it now. Holy cow. My dog has an Instagram that I don't know about. It's not like Insta famous. It's okay. <laughs> I tell you if I started making money off your dog. <laughs> Would you though? <laughs> Bo, you got to pose for this picture. This is how you're earning your cable. <laughs> you got to shoot at five. You got a grooming appointment at seven. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna run tonight. <laughs> yeah, get that lean, muscly look. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. <sighs> anyway, wouldn't it be really funny if like all the things that we do, the podcasts and everything, the thing that makes us money is your dog's Instagram. Boy, that'd be. I wouldn't say funny. I'd say the best thing that ever happened. Let's to monetize me. this pooch. She's <laughs> been dead weight for way too long. That's true. <laughs> Not nearly pulling this keep. All right. Anyway. Yeah. So she kind of got popular. She was an American living in England. She was going to um, Cambridge in Oxford for art history. She was dating a well-connected society boyfriend. And from all accounts, kind of um, presenting the stereotype of that idea. Like, American in England, living this... Fancy life and sure that probably isn't realistic to people who live there. I'm like, well, no, yeah, just put a filter on that photo. It's just everyday life, you know. Gotcha. Um, so she has done a lot of things. What this article is about is the workshops she started planning. But I want to give a little backstory about her. Um, so she. I guess she kind of pioneered this whole, like, long description, long caption thing mm-hmm. on Instagram. So, like, putting up a picture and then putting a really long caption with it. So, she so like, little mini stories with everyone. She pioneered <clears throat> not shutting up on Instagram. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, she did that and eventually got offered a book deal. And she took the offer, and they were working on it, and she ended up backing out of it and owing them money. Okay. Um, and she made claims that it was, it was, they were perpetuating things that she didn't agree with, but it was kind of like, well, all the things you're saying they're doing, these are things that you've talked about on your own Instagram. Like, you've written them that way. So how are they the ones perpetuating it? But anyway, she backed out of the book deal. She owed them money. She said they were actually being cool about it. And instead of suing her for it, they were allowing her to pay them back on her own timeline, basically. Okay. She had to, like, respond and give them a date in a a way that she will pay them back. Um, So there's that. And then later she ended up, like selling I don't know exactly what it was she was selling like like pages of the part of the book that she had written or like the book proposal that she had written on Etsy which I don't know if that's very legal yeah well 
Because they own like, the rights to that. Like, yeah, until she buys herself out of whatever, you know, they paid <clears> her. And maybe not even then. It's, yeah. it's their property. Yeah, which it doesn't seem like she's gotten anything coming back at her because of that. But, like, that's weird. And it was, yeah. like, 40 bucks for so many pages. And there were people who were like, hey, like, really like you and I really want to read this. But, like, that seems a little steep. It's, like, four <laughs> bucks a page or something for, like, ten pages. Yeah. Not worth it. For, like, a fraction mm-hmm. of a book that I can't read the rest of. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, like I where th- is this going? I don't think that's like that's like charging for an Amazon book preview. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, I'm somewhere in the middle of chapter three. I don't know how I got here. I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> I like this idea. Yeah. Let's just start writing parts of books yeah. and selling them. It's like if Amazon charged you a nickel to read <laughs> the inside of page one. It's so stupid. Um. So then at some point she was trying to get sponsors. Yeah. And talked a really big game about all these sponsors she was getting and all, all this stuff and that never panned out mm-hmm. um so then we come to the workshop so essentially it's a workshop of her i guess explaining how to run your own whatever she does like instagram, instagram and like how to brand yourself and and all this stuff okay. so the workshop guess how much she was charging a person how long is the workshop um, it's like a day. It's a day. Yeah, or like part of a day, like if several hours. Sure. I'm going to guess $500. Oh, you highballed me. Oh, damn. $165. That's that's still a lot, but, but yeah. okay. But Dave, she was like giving you a <laughs> lot of a bang for your buck. Because <laughs> right. she was making everyone their own orchid crowns. And homemade lunch, she was making them, like, salad. Wow, she was making them a salad? Yeah, and um, these little miniature gardens in mason jars. Like, this is what she is bringing to the table. You know, you know, I mean, if you really revere someone that much, 165 bucks doesn't seem like that much to spend. I question the value of what she has to actually tell them, but... For the experience. If you get what you're promised. Yeah, right. And this is a person that you look up to yeah. and you just want to be in her glow. Yeah. And and learn from her if you can. That's cool. Like, I'd pay 165 bucks for a music workshop with Bill Wirtz. Yeah. I would go to that. But let's be honest. Bill Wirtz isn't going no, to tell gonna... you he's going to make you like a, a grilled cheese. <laughs> Or something like this is my curated grilled cheese. Maybe he would. Maybe he would. That if, would be really cool. If he did, I'd Bill Wirtz, you just want to like make us grilled cheese? Oh my god, that'd be I'm so cool. Be sweet. I'm Anyways. getting us off track. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> we're already running very long this episode. Very. By long. all accounts, from from people who went, it does not seem like it was worth the price. Okay. Um, the orchid crown they were promised was a single orchid they could put in their hair that most people didn't even keep. Okay. <laughs> um, orchids wilt. Yeah. Like, it's it's an expensive flower. Why would you do that? Make someone, like, a daisy crown if you're going to do that. Like, yeah, right. Anyway. Um, people said they didn't learn anything they couldn't have learned online. Sure. Um, the mini garden mason jar was an empty mason jar with a pack of seeds in it. What? The homemade lunch was not good. (laughs) 
Uh, not a good salad. Not a good salad. All of her staff are 20-year-old college students with no event planning experience who are just her fans. Yeah. Um. So she did one of the events. So this is like a national tour she's doing. One of the events was in New York, where she's based out of. And um, it went so well, the first one, according to her. And the event space was so perfect that she was like, you know what? I'm just going to move the other ones here instead, even though you've already paid your money. Like, this is just too perfect. Nothing is going to match up to this. Wait, so people who expected to see her in other cities, like all of a She's sudden like, have yeah, to we're just going to move them here. So she did a poll on her Instagram and the options were yes and like definitely yes. She didn't give <laughs> anyone the opportunity to say no. <laughs> so okay. then in response. This is the first point where I'm like, all right, you didn't just fuck up. You're an asshole. <laughs> so then in response, she's like, the results are unanimous. <laughs> Um, though she did offer to refund people who wouldn't be able to go because it was in another city. Um, and her, some of her posts about this whole part of it are like, she's blaming her staff for like making certain decisions. Like very nice. Yeah, which were hired like the day before. You gotta be a boss. You gotta gotta stand behind what she started planning these like a month in advance. That's probably not enough. No. Um, probably. Probably. Possibly <laughs> I'm not enough. Probably. Um, so the, there were posts like my, well, my staff said because of the unanimous response, I should just go with it and move all of the dates to New York. But, you know, I told them that I think I should keep to my word. And they said, you know, that I'm a... Basically, she was above her budget and her big ideas were not feasible and that they needed to cut back. And so they came back to her. They ran the numbers and they came back to her and said they can make it happen if they only canceled four of them, which were Boston, Philly, Portland and Denver. And they just made those ones in New York and she would refund those people. Who the hell is going to take up the additional cost of leaving Denver (laughs) To right. go all the way to New York, fly, get a hotel. The point is they're not. Yeah. Like, they're not going to. She's refunding them. She's yeah. losing money on this. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So then, I another point. A lot of the dates on this tour, up to that point, still didn't have locations. She hadn't booked a location for them. Who buys a ticket without knowing where it is? <laughs> People who are promised something by someone they look up to. Wow. That's a lot. Um, she ended up canceling eventually the rest of the tour. Yeah. Um, apologizing to everyone, admitting she really didn't know what she was doing. She was in over her head. That seems honest. I can respect yeah. that. Yeah, I do respect that part. Yeah. Um, she even admitted something about like she was greedy and just saw the money and didn't see everything that went into it. That's extra honest. I extra appreciate that. Yeah. Um, In the article that I read, they make a good point. This is a person who doesn't want to be an artist or be a writer. She wants to have made art and have written things. I understand that. She doesn't necessarily want to put the work and sacrifice in. And this is the writer's opinion on this, and I tend to agree with it. Mm. It sounds like someone who has really big ideas and maybe really good intentions, but doesn't understand all the work that goes into that. 
When the alarm bells started going off for me was when I was reading about her, like, making everyone lunch, like, making everyone a homemade lunch yeah. and, like, making all of these things herself, like the orchid crown yeah. and the little garden. And I'm like, that's great, but this is a national tour. <laughs> You're going to do all this yourself? In Who's every helping city? you? And where are you getting the money for all these supplies? Like, yeah. Do you have the money in advance to do all that with booking fees for locations? And, like, I am not an expert event planner. It's something I enjoy doing, and it's something I do a little bit. Yeah. Because it is a big part of the off-skate stuff that I do for roller derby. Mm -hmm. Even the little things I have planned in comparison to this, very small events. Sure. They're exhausting. It's a lot of work. They take a lot of work. And a lot of organization and a lot of knowing what you can afford to do yourself, what you can afford, like, to volunteer of your own time and money, mm -hmm. and what you know how to do yourself. Like, I happen to be a crafty person, so there's stuff that I could just whip together if I have to. Mm -hmm. But not everyone is like that. And so you might need to outsource those things to someone else. And if you don't just have someone who's willing to do that for you... You're going to have to pay them. Yeah. So that's like an added cost. Like it's just a lot of stuff that I think she had really big ideas and didn't know how to do it. Yeah. But people ended up very disappointed and very jaded with her. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that had like a real impact on like her existing bottom line, like the people that already follow her. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how many people this affected. Well, she probably paid for this in, in some way or another. I'm sure. Like, like you said, I appreciate the honest post after the fact, but yeah. it's after the fact. I'm glad she refunded people, but, like, people got their hopes up and they really wanted something yeah. to happen. And some of them went to one of these and were let down by it. Yeah, that I think terrible. she did end up refunding the people who had already gone to one, too, if I read that correctly. I hope so. So she was trying to make good. Then she... that. All that's out of pocket. Yeah. That's like all the supplies. That's a lot of money. Venue, whatever you rented, wherever you did this, all that stuff. A lot of money. And I don't know how many people went to these events, but like, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. Like, I, I feel for her in some ways, but it's just like, you started planning this a month in advance, a national tour. Yeah. Like, I am planning an event in March. Mm-hmm. And I already feel like I'm down to the wire and I don't have enough time. I, yeah, I know. It takes it takes it time is and ridiculous. And that's just a spaghetti dinner. <laughs> 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 that's not a national tour. Well, that's not to worry like, about. You got noodles, you got sauce. Just, there's some are, meatballs in there. Those are all taken care of so Shaky far. Shaky cheese. Taken care of. How about uh crushed red pepper? You got that? Uh oh, you better get that crushed red pepper, yeah. I'll just bring a jar for you. <laughs> How about that? All right. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's things to think about. Bread. Will it be buttered? Yes. Will there be garlic in the butter or not? No. Forks. They will be provided. Awesome. <laughs> butter knives. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like that you're quizzing me because it's like helping me yeah, run the right. checklist. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> will there be a guy coming around in a big white chef's hat asking me how it is? Probably not. Disappointed. Uh, there might be a roller derby player coming around asking mm -hmm. you how it is. Okay. Anyone singing? Like a guy that comes around and sings? Make no. you feel good? Have a nice time? 
No, the jello shots will make you feel good and have a nice time. So instead of wine, jello shots. Yeah, for a dollar donation, you get a jello <laughs> shot. I'm, 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 mess, I'm messing around. <laughs> you remember the event. You were yes. there last yeah, year. Yeah, it was great. It was a good time. But yes. <clears throat> um, actually, on that note, everything is coming together really well for that. Cool. I put a post up last night with a list of everything we need to like get together and donate. And there's like maybe one or two things left on the list that I need. And that was just posted last night. So my team is amazing and they make all this so much easier. You're checking the clock. We're going long. We've already hit an hour. The show's (sighs) over. Good night. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night. We're still recovering from the fact that we were off for so long. This is going to be this is going to be a long episode. I'm going to try to cut back on because there's some things I don't necessarily need to talk about. That's okay. I'm sorry we went long. There was lots to talk about this episode. We both went long. You had your birthday. We Mm -hmm. had the Helen Zuman thing. We had forgotten to talk about the things Kirsten sent us. It was a lot to catch up on. It's true. Uh, so why don't we actually do that now? We'll take a break and we will come back in a minute with the main segment for the episode. All right. All right. All right. Stick around. cables now let's just fuss let's yeah, just fiddle with just, it just fussing around with cables that's our new podcast that sounds great mm-hmm. um we are back uh it is time for the main segment for this episode that is what time it is that's what we're gonna do that time is now uh it is what it's happening god i feel like purred happily <laughs> <laughs> the story yes. of this segment is that it's happening now right now <laughs> uh so this is we, we changed the format up recently, so I picked this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to talk about this one because I knew a little bit about it, but not that much. I don't know how much you know about it, but we're talking about Dr. John Kellogg. I think I know the basics. Yeah. Everyone knows John Kellogg because he graced the world with cornflakes many yes. years ago, which is a fantastic cereal that I really appreciate. I don't know if but people don't know we- this about me, but I really like cereal. You do really like cereal. I'm a cereal enthusiast. <laughs> I'm a cereal uh, aficionado. I was never much of a cereal person. I like it at times, mm-hmm. but I never really ate it a lot as a kid. Yeah. Oh, I ate cereal all the time as a kid. I didn't. We let's, just weren't really cereal people. Let's talk about cereals. Qu- <laughs> Quaker oatmeal squares. Whoa, God, dog. Is um, that a cereal? Yeah, weirdly. It sounds like it's an oatmeal, but it's not. It's a dried oatmeal square. I don't know that I've had that they one. They, like, pipe it into a little nest of, like, like a square nest of, like, oatmeal paste that dries into a little cube. Like, not a cube. But it's like a pillow shape. 
I'd probably like that. It's I mean, really I've good. never disliked any cereal I've eaten. I'm talking about life cereal. I'm talking about honey bunches of oats. The most boring cereal? Honey bunches of oats? No, no, no. no. The what? most boring cereal. Oh. Kix. Yeah, Kix is really boring. That's yeah. probably why the kids. Although you know, I like grape nuts, so I can't be trusted. <laughs> grape nuts is a horrible cereal. Yeah, I can't but I like the crunchies. It's really upsetting. I know. like something that jams way up into my gums and I can't get it out. <laughs> I like it to stick under my gums where it would need to be removed by surgery. Yes. Ugh. That's what I want in a cereal. Grape nuts. Ugh. God, I like I it because that. it doesn't get soggy. It just gets edible. <laughs> it only becomes <laughs> chewable. <laughs> I do not care for grape nuts. But I mean, let's talk great cereals. Fruity Pebbles. Uh, cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cap'n Crunch. Corn Flakes and Frosted Flakes. Are you just naming Kellogg's cereals? No, actually, I don't I don't know who makes any. No, some of those are General Mills. Okay. General I'm, Mills? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a loyalist. I'm not a, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I don't have a party allegiance here to the cereal barons. I just. Cereal barons. I just really appreciate a good cereal. You do. Um, yeah, you do. So John Kellogg is interesting. Uh, John Kellogg is a lot of people probably know some of this stuff. So I think this might be a rehash for some people. Um, but John Kellogg was not only the inventor of cornflakes, but was also a doctor and the operator of a sanitarium in Battle Creek, Michigan, uh, for the majority of his life. He was also an author and he, um, I mean, I wanted to start off talking about him by saying that like, like a lot of these people, when you look back, especially at like people in the medical field, mm-hmm. you have winners and losers throughout history. And, you, you know, you, you, you almost feel bad for people in the sense that what they didn't know, they didn't know. Yeah. They did not know they didn't know it. Right. Um, so <clears throat> people formulate all kinds of theories about what causes things, you know. And and- depending on the time that events occur, some things when looked at from the frame of today, from the mindset of today, yeah. very problematic. Sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Dr. John Kellogg is, <clears throat> I'm going to say at times, monstrous. Yeah. Um, I know that he's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I remember about Dr. John Kellogg. Yeah. He's a bit of a problem. He's a bit of a problem. You could say that. When you're eating that delicious Kellogg cereal, <laughs> just remember... Dr. Kellogg's a bit of a problem. Yeah, and now I'm going to get into exactly why and how. Um, so the the beginning of this story, something you might want to know. Well, okay, let's start at the very beginning. He's born in 1852. 1852? A long time ago. Dr. John Kellogg and his, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, eponymous cornflakes uh, mm-hmm. arrived a long time ago. They've been around a long time. Those flakes. They've been flaking for quite a while. Uh, he was born in um, 1852 in Tyrone, Michigan, with a full-grown man's mustache. You better call Tyrone. What are you talking about? Call him. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it's a good song. I don't know that song. Mm-hmm. Well, you're missing out. Yeah. You did not witness all of the covers I used to witness at Youngstown Open Mic Nights then. I guess not. You did not miss out. Great song. <laughs> Could have done without those covers. Um, Google this guy's mustache if you're sitting at your computer right now. You don't have to do it right now. No, I want to do it. You carry on. I'm yeah, going to Google it. John Kellogg had a bitchin' mustache. 
Um, he was a, a Seventh Day Adventist or Adventist. Oh. I say that anyway. Adventist, Adventist. I think Adventist. 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 Now it all sounds wrong. Yeah, you, you can't. It sounds it? like you're trying to say a dentist and pronouncing <laughs> it horribly. Adventist. He was a Saturday dentist. <laughs> um, yeah, he was. Uh, his father uh, was a prominent one and a wealthy one, and uh, his father and a couple of other Seventh Day Adventists convinced uh, another uh, prominent couple, Ellen Kinda and James. Kind of looks like the Colonel. In some of these <laughs> pictures, he looks like. KFC's Colonel? He does look like the Colonel. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. I'm just pointing out. He does. He looks like the Colonel. Well, the, also, one of the pictures, he's like like wearing a white jacket with like that kind of like uh, little yeah. bow tie thing. That's the one that I'm looking at. But in other pictures, his mustache and little goatee thing are much more glorious. Oh, man. He's just got such a ridiculous mustache. And he looks like a Southern general. Yeah, he kind of does. <clears throat> Anyways, carry on. Yeah, so he... Um, his father convinced, uh, with, with some other people, um, uh, prominent seventh day Adventists, Ellen and James White is the dog complaint. Get out of here, dog. He's Go away. laying on the floor behind me moaning. Um, he convinced Ellen and James White, who are publishers to bring their business to Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, and then the Kellogg's also soon followed and also moved to Battle Creek. Right. All so. Right. It was it's sort of like their ideas, like uh, sort of s- settle down with a like a publishing arm for the Seventh Day Adventists in Battle Creek. Okay. Um. So young John Harvey Kellogg uh, worked in the White's publishing business. He typeset articles written by Ellen White that they published, um, which were largely about health and healthy living, which kind of gave him the bug as far as you know the the obsession with healthfulness and healthy living and all that, right? Okay. This is something that interested me. He taught school at age 16, like a local school. I'm assuming like a middle school or whatever, maybe possibly high school. I don't know. At that time, if it's a small area, there might not have been too much distinction. Might have been like a cabin with a bunch of kids in it. This is the school. Yeah. Um, He also attended. uh, No, no. He he enrolled in a teacher's training course at age 20 at what is now Eastern Michigan University. Uh, it wasn't back then. And he attended medical school under the Whites' patronage in both Michigan and New York City. So basically he had graduated out New of medical York school. New York City. New York City. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what they sound like in Michigan? Uh, they uh, By 23, he's a graduated doctor. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's like ahead of the curve. Um, so the very next year, he becomes the director of this Western Health Reform Institute in Battle Creek, which is also owned by the Seventh Day Adventists, right? All right. Nepotism and connections <clears throat> through your religion. Yeah, right. That's the way you do it. But he's qualified. He's got mm-hmm. his medical degree. What was the name of that place? He's the director of... It was the Western Health Reform Institute, but it, it changes names. Uh, under his, uh, under under his, uh, you know, uh, running the sanitarium, it becomes well, frosted flakes. It becomes the Battle Creek Medical Surgical Sanitarium, uh, and the name is meant to imply both hospital and medical care and overall like mental wellness. This is like basically, this is his, this is John Kellogg's kind of overall approach to medicine. Is that there's there's you know like. There's medical, there's surgical, there's wellness, there's like uh, nutrition, there's all these different 
therapeutic techniques. He tries. He so takes far, a very holistic approach. Sounding well rounded, right? And okay. Yeah. He, so far, not problematic. So far, not so bad. Other than the fact that it's funded by a religious organization, mm-hmm. don't necessarily love that. But it can go either way. I'm going to come back to uh, a lot of the things that will make you question <clears throat> Kellogg's judgment. Um, I mean, just so everyone knows, <clears throat> I do. I'm just saying so far. Yeah, right. Um, so Kellogg had a problem for a long time of the sort of dual loyalties to both what he, you know, his scientific pursuits or the thing, like his fascination with the scientific realm and also like loyalty to the Religion. Seventh-day Adventist, right? Um, this... I wrote, this is to say nothing of the personal costs of belonging to the religion. This is kind of a sad thing to me. It's believed that he and his wife were celibate the entirety of their marriage. Mm. Like, always. I feel like most religions, once you get married, yep. you get your past to get weird with it. Even, even like, if it's just strictly like, okay, you can have sex, but it's only for procreation purposes, and it's through a hole in a sheet. Usually they at least let you Still do that. Still get to do it. Right. And then you have like 12 kids. Right. You have sex 12 times, you have 12 kids, and that's it. Because <laughs> that's how conception works. Right. Um, but yeah, they, they never consummated their marriage, as far as anyone can tell. They kept separate beds. It was like part of the belief at the time of you know celibacy, the value of celibacy. They fostered 42 kids and adopted seven, but never had any natural children of their own. Um. It just makes me sad to think they never, ever sealed it, but whatever. Um, it's it's a little sad. They never they never got to bone. Uh, they never got to ball. They didn't get to ball for the revolution. Oh, my God. No balling for I'm them. never going to forget that. I mentioned that to my dad. I they was asked like, the permission of the Seventh-day Adventists, and the Seventh-day Adventists said, open and spongy. Oh, my God. You don't get to ball. <laughs> No ballin. No ballin. I mentioned that to my dad. Yes. I was like the word ballin, and he laughed really hard. He was like, yeah, they did kind of used to say that. <laughs> my dad. Yeah, he, your he cracked dad. me up. Um, so Kellogg's big conflict between <laughs> religion and science is this idea that, like, you know, he he found them reconcilable at a time when his religion did not. He found science and religion reconcilable, especially in regards to things like the unwilled behaviors of the body and stuff. Mm-hmm. One particular example is he was fascinated with the beating of the heart, mm-hmm. uh, that it's a thing that he has no control over and can't speed it up or slow it down or stop it. Like but the it un- involuntary going. mechanisms yeah. of our body. Which he considered to be responding to some kind of will, the divine will, right? And that's okay. sort of by saying that, he was implying that God is in everything, right? Well, he was doing the thing a lot of religious people do. And a lot of people did a long time ago before scientific advancements, mm-hmm. which is I can't explain this or fully understand this concept. I'm going to contribute it to a higher being. Sure. Because yeah. it makes me feel better to know there's an explanation and I don't really know what the explanation is. Yeah. And that's like a long standing pattern of like basically yeah. everything science hasn't figured out yet. We attribute to something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, as, as over predominantly as a culture, we do that. It snowed so much because we angered the weather gods. <laughs> right. And now, of course, we know better. But there was a time when we didn't. Yeah. Um, the. Oh, no, we don't know better. I think we angered the weather gods. <laughs> we might have. We anger the weather gods at the same time every year. I don't know what we're doing. But same time every year. Yeah. Anyways. Maybe it's Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, that is pretty shitty. It's pretty gluttonous of us. 
and like celebrating what we did to <laughs> native people. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, right. Maybe Thanksgiving is what Edgar's got every year. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, he attributes this stuff to like the divine will, right? The Seventh Day Adventists find this to be like like uh, uh, the word that is escaping me. Uh, sort of like uh, oh god, this kills me. There's a word for this, but basically, it's they 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 don't agree with this. They, this causes a schism in the church. Like it's a big enough. What is? I'm sorry. What is it that they don't agree with? The idea is they they consider it like like a pantheist kind of what's the word I'm looking for? But it's like the idea of God in all things doesn't jive with them. Okay. It's uh. So saying that like God's will and his is in us and that's why our hearts beat and we breathe and yeah like they don't care for this at all it's a uh, you know they, they they find it almost like idolatry idolatry yeah like this idea of like god in nature and they're like therefore like leads to the, the natural inclination to worship nature they just don't like it right yeah it seems like a kind of like a silly fight to pick to us maybe but it's a pretty big deal to them yeah um their god's a vengeful god isn't it it sounds like a religion that would have a vengeful god i think so uh, I know they disfellowshipped him. Um, this is skipping <clears throat> way ahead into the future, but in 1907, when he's 55 years old, they dis they disfellowship him from the church. And he never got to have sex. And he never got to have sex. Although it seems like the more we get into this, he has a complicated relationship with sex anyway. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, pantheistic is the word that I was looking for. It didn't feel right, but... Uh, this is a big fight that happens in, you know, their circles and, and he's he's a part of this big schism. It literally splits the religion, right? Uh, but let's go back to the sanitarium for a minute. Um, it was funded by the whites up to the time of this schism. I know that every, name. <laughs> every time I say the whites, I'm just thinking like white people. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's also probably not wrong. I'm assuming they were also white. I don't know. I'm going to say probably. Probably. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe that's not a good assumption to make, but just judging by the beliefs and the time. Yeah. So the sanitarium even like basically was funded by them all the way up to the point of this, the big disfellowship and the schism and the religion and all that. After at that point, they, they just abandoned him. Right. Mm -hmm. But up to that time, uh, and even after, he did not abandon the principles that were the cause of the founding of the sanitarium. Like, the, the, his teachings didn't really change, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it promoted a lot of ideas to its residents, um, <clears throat> who were also mostly Seventh-day Adventists, but not all of them. I found out that there were a number of famous people who were treated there, including uh, Ed Edison, hmm. which was really odd. And there were a number of other people. Uh, I can't think of who. But, like, uh, some famous names went in and out of the sanitarium, right? Uh, he taught them to keep a vegetarian diet, something th that is like a big staple of yeah. vegetarianism, which is another thing that you know, from the uh, from uh, uh, the white family. Was, uh, Everything I know about Seventh Day Adventism, I know from Gilmore Girls. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. One of the characters is Seventh Day Adventist, and her mom is like very dedicated. And mm -hmm. she's often ordering like pounds of organic whey and things like that on the internet <laughs> okay. and making weird tasteless biscuits that are healthy for you. <laughs> but it's good for you. Yeah. It's actually, it, 
It's pretty funny. I don't know how accurate the representation is, but... Yeah, I don't know if that... The vegetarian thing, they definitely were true to form. I don't know if that applies to the religion at large, but it certainly applies to Kellogg and, like, to the people that influenced him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they, uh, they have a strict no alcohol or tobacco uh, belief. They believe a lot in exercise, uh, laxative and high-fiber foods. Yep. A lot of things that, you know, we can kind of get behind today. These are all generally recognized as healthy. But then, um, and this is the thing, he promoted the idea of a healthy intestinal flora, which he found to be influenced by diet. He was like a proponent of germ theory when a lot of people weren't weren't on board. Okay. So in this way, he was actually kind of ahead of things. He was right. Um, you know, until you get into the specifics of how to deal with this. Um, he believed you could influence the intestinal flora not just by diet, but also using a enema technique. So this is where it starts to get a little weird. Um, He advocated the frequent use of an enema machine to cleanse the bowel with several gallons of water. Several gallons. That's a that's a big old enema. I mean, yeah, it's a big honking still people who are proponents of colon cleanses, but also other people that are like, eh, don't really do anything for you. You're just yeah. shooting water up your butt for no reason. Uh, it got weirder. He would, for example, here's the thing you do. He'd set you up with a pint of yogurt, right? Probiotics, good. You eat half the yogurt, the other half goes right up your butt. Not so good. Yogurt enema is not a thing, as far as I can tell, that people do these days. Putting dairy <laughs> into my rectum doesn't seem like something I want to do. No, it's not great. It's not ideal. I don't think anyone else does that. Um, no. That's not how to get the bacteria into your belly. No. There's so much a more delightful way involving yogurt. It just I'm sorry. Like... My butt's going to pass on the yogurt today. It's feeling a little full. <laughs> um, so back to the sex thing for a minute. Um, it's really important. The sanitarium focused a lot on sex and sexual behavior. A lot. Which... I guess it's something you would expect, especially if its founder is like essentially a virgin and the science isn't all in yet on like where, you know, diseases come from and things like that. Um, But like a huge focus for Dr. Kellogg is sex and masturbation. Um, Is he for it or against it? I'm going to say he's against it. Uh, I have never seen him say it was good. And a lot of hear him saying it's not very good. Okay. A very roundabout way of saying that, but okay. He pinned a ton of conditions on masturbation. Like, all kinds of stuff. This is a list for the ladies. I'm I'm just going to, before gotta, you read this, I'm just going to go out there and, and say that I think masturbation has, has cured more things <laughs> than it's caused negatively. I, you know what? Even not... Just as a base assertion, that almost has to be true. I'm, I wouldn't even say exactly cured, but like remedy yeah. things like cramps. <laughs> Sometimes right. you just got to masturbate. Turns them go. down. That's not what Dr. Kellogg would say. No. Dr. Kellogg would be really mad at you right now. I mean, it seems like he would be really mad at me <laughs> for a lot no of ways. what. <laughs> yeah. I'm a godless heathen. Mm-hmm. I'm a woman. Yeah. I've had sex. He'd yeah. be super jelly. Yeah, he'd be really, but he wouldn't say that. He'd just be mad. Yes. Uh, here's a list for the ladies. These are things 
that female <clears throat> masturbation can do to you. Uh, hey, ladies. It can cause developmental disabilities. Spinal derate. Oh, goodness. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Big sudden sneeze. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it can cause. Okay, let's start over. Developmental disability. Spinal derangement. Heart palpitations. Derangement? Yeah. Like my spine just gets all deranged? Yeah, like your spine gets nutty. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, heart palpitations, nervous breakdowns, epilepsy, warts, uterine prolapse, and can- Jesus. cancer, insanity, sterility, and birth defects. Oh, uterine prolapse <laughs> is the one that gets me. Yeah. Don't tell me my uterus is going to collapse because... And like, yeah, be generally painful and horrible because I jilled off. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like no. It's ev- a horrible thing to tell. A there's woman. no evidence for any of this crap. That's Mm-mm. the thing. Is just it's it definitely seems like a, a a case of let's start from this conclusion and work backwards. Like yeah. start from masturbation is bad and then work backwards to why. Oh my goodness! All of these horrible things happen to these people. You know what they all had in common? <laughs> They all masturbated. They masturbated. <laughs> you know what? None of them told me that they did, <laughs> but I'm assuming they did. Yeah. So it caused all of it. That's kind of how his head works. That's kind of actually how it works. Correlation is not causation, Dr. Kellogg. Uh, he also believed it was the root of a lot of male disorders, and this is where I have a major problem with Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I posted this online uh, and I got a number of responses. Uh, so like most notably, like Sherry was the first one to jump on. And uh, and I and what I said was, you know, if you could Wikipedia, if you could <laughs> if you could disable the pop up picture essentially for the word phimosis, that would be great. And then I said, don't Google it. Don't look it up. You're going to see a penis. I'm warning <laughs> you. You're going to see a penis. So naturally, like, Sherry was the first one to jump on. Yeah. Uh, and just be like, you know, well, you didn't say what it is, so now I have to look. And then Laura did the same thing shortly thereafter. I did not contribute to this <clears throat> post, really, but I looked it up. Yeah. I was a silent part of this, <laughs> and I went and I wiki. <clears throat> Wikipedia's image for phimosis is a very angry adult man's penis. It looks very uncomfortable. Yeah. Although, according... We're joking about it, but it seems horrible. According to the description, it's... It can be painful during an erection, but most of the time, and, like, if you don't have an erection, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But... It seems like it would be very painful during an erection. Yeah, so. it does. I mean, since we're talking about Should we about actually it, talk about what yeah, the condition is? It's uh, one of many conditions <clears throat> that Kellogg thought was caused by masturbation. But this is just where, like, the foreskin is particularly tight around the head of the penis. So it can't move it past can't it. can't slip past so you're just, it. It's just trapped in there. Yeah. Um, and the picture they use is all red and, and just angry looking. It just looks painful. And let's just say, like, if you go look at the wiki page, it's like... Prominent, it just pops right up. Like it's the first thing you see. <laughs> well, this is the beef I have with this. Is I'm trying to research and I come across a word I don't know, so I hover over it and bam, <laughs> just assaulted Smacked with an image in of a the penis eyes with a giant angry. Penis. I feel like in a certain way, I know what it's like now for a woman to receive an to unsolicited dick, dick pic. You were dick picked by Wiki. Yeah, Wikipedia sent me a dick pic and I didn't ask. <laughs> and for it. it was an angry dick. Yeah. I feel. I it was feel, not even a friendly dick. 
This is a hostile dick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just one of many things that Kellogg thought uh, contribute, you know, or were caused by masturbation in men. Um, <laughs> is she just sure with you that I'm taking some great notes? I bet you are. Like, my butt will pass on the yogurt. It had a big breakfast. And <laughs> Wiki sent Dave a hostile dick pic. <laughs> I can't wait to look through your notebook some point like a year from now. <laughs> None of it's going to make sense. It won't. Um, here's more general things. Uh, this applies to both men and women, uh, uh, specifically kids, because uh, yeah, this is this part is really about children. Uh, bedwetting, insomnia, trouble in school, lying and bashfulness or sometimes boldness. You know, like boldness. I don't know what that means generally. Seems but, like the opposite of lying and bashfulness. So like anything. Yeah, right. But the thing that's really upsetting is that, like, and, and I read this on Wikipedia as well, a lot of those symptoms track with child sex abuse. Yeah, which that's, means, I was going to say, like, these are children yeah, who've been abused. It's like, very often, the people that he was trying <laughs> to treat and blaming their problems on some behavior were, like, victims of something. Not necessarily always. We can't possibly hope to know how yeah. often that happened, but it must have happened some of the time. Yeah. Which is really upsetting. Um, yeah, that's not so good, Dr. Kellogg. This is part of the dangers of just making, you know, assumptions about stuff like this without Knowing. actually identifying a root cause, right? Yeah. Um. So I wrote, yeah, he's obsessed with masturbation uh, and masturbation prevention. I should phrase that differently. <laughs> <laughs> he's not obsessed with masturbation. Uh, let's be honest. Maybe he is. He was obsessed with masturbation. Um, he was celibate his entire marriage. He, yeah, which I think that contributes, right? It's like a doth protesteth too much kind of I thing. I think so, too. Like, you hate what you are. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, He's like, how do I keep myself from masturbating so much? <laughs> yeah, what do I do? Why don't I become the most noteworthy not-masturbator in all of America? Why don't I make other people feel really shitty for doing this completely normal thing I can't yeah. stop doing? He also had, like, weird ideas about, like, what caused <clears throat> masturbation. Like, he thought it was unnatural. Uh, it's, like, your hand <laughs> in the area of your genitals. That's usually what starts like, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Physical contact. He thought it was unnatural. So, like, the devil's just like, hey, buddy, I'm in control of your dick. Yeah, like, in your natural state, you'd never do it. Like, that's actually something he thought. I can't. Whatever. I can't wrap my head around it's that. funny because I feel like in most people's natural states, they would just be doing it endlessly. <laughs> right. If they had a choice, if, like if, in an ideal if world. If no one minded. <laughs> they didn't have to work. Yeah, if like no one minded if you just pulled your genitals out on the subway. Yeah. Oh, and to some people, even though you mind, right. they just do it. But he also like. Not only did he think it was unnatural, he thought it was caused by like weird things like <clears throat> like uh, uncleanliness. You don't keep yourself clean. You're going to be more likely to masturbate. I don't get that. Um, he thought sleeping you know, on anything. You're keeping it very clean. But <laughs> if you're doing it in the, in the shower, at least <laughs> let's not make assumptions about where everybody masturbates. I mean, some people do it in the shower. Sure. This is a weird episode. I knew this was going to get weird. It's okay. Uh, he thought that if your bed's too soft, you're going to be tempted to masturbate. Hmm. He thought. You know uh, what? I think that one's right. He, <laughs> he thought if he got hemorrhoids, you might be more likely to masturbate. He thought if you lie on your back too much, you might be made to masturbate. So his solution was to tie a rope around your midsection with the knot in the back. 
So okay. you were temp- so you wouldn't lay on your back. You'd lay on your side, and then you. Wouldn't- I mean, that kind of makes sense because, like, you have access to your genitals if you're lying on your back. If they're smushed up against a mattress, it's a little bit harder. Right. It has not prevented anyone ever, but right. But yeah, access, I guess. But his solution is so weird. Just like put a knot in your back so you can't lay on your back anymore. Yeah. It's like a weird idea. Yeah. Also, he was causing people a lot of, like, slip discs and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, here's an abbreviated list of other causes of masturbation. Tea, coffee, candy, cinnamon, storybooks, especially romance, and mint. Hmm. I've never, ever smelled mint and just been overwhelmed <laughs> with desire. <laughs> it's an insane thought, but... I don't know. I guess the thing is, he kind of like equates everything sensory. You know, it's yeah. like it's like pleasure is pleasure somehow. Do you know what I mean? It's like he got turned on once when he smelled mint. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, nope. Uh, also, having a foreskin. That's a cause. OK, so he's he's very he's big on the he's into the circumcision. I'll get back to that. <laughs> into circumcision in a big way. Um. I said, what's the cure other than a rock hard bed and a knot in your back? Uh, So you won't be surprised to learn Kellogg had developed a particular attitude towards the clitoris. I'm sure he did. Uh, He has has so many ideas. His thoughts on this, and they were thankfully not in the majority at any time, were pro-clitoridectomy. Yeah, no. No one with a soul believes you should do that. Uh, But before that... Before going to that point, that was like particularly what he claimed to be a cure for nymphomania, right? So we're talking all the way up at the very top of the like uncontrollable sexual behavior scale. Did you hear me roll my eyes? <laughs> uh, so that's like a that's like an aggressive last case scenario, but he still he still advocated for it. <clears throat> um, yeah. Prior to that, he would uh, encourage people to apply carbolic acid to the clitoris to reduce masturbation. Apply blistering agents oh my to your God. sex organs. Yeah. Really upsetting just to think about. Ugh. Like to Ugh. deliberately blister your body. Yeah, very not good. Yeah, right? Um, he also advocated, like I said, the circumcision of boys and specifically without anesthetic. Oh. Because he thought the pain was valuable. He thought the pain would contribute to the decreased interest. <sighs> this is the guy who made cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Keep in mind, you've eaten his cereal for years. <laughs> this is you, you monsters. <laughs> Women, he wants you to not have your clitoris and have it removed in a very yeah. painful procedure. And men, he wants you to not have foreskin yeah. and have that removed without anesthetic in a very painful procedure. Yeah, like in boyhood, too. Like not so as enjoy like your infant. breakfast, America. <laughs> enjoy. Eat up. <laughs> Show your Wheaties. Wheaties uh, I, can't I don't remember. know if that's Kellogg's or not. I can't remember. I really your Wheaties. Wish, <laughs> your Wheaties. <laughs> um, he also published, and this is this is really fucked up. Actually, this is kind of dark. But he published guidelines <laughs> because it was also upbeat before. It's worse though. He published guidelines for parents on how to like catch their children Ugh. to then know to treat them, like how to know if your children are masturbating. I think I know why they're wetting their beds now. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, 
He, 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 one of the things he suggested was surreptitiously entering the room, throwing their blankets off of them, and examining them for signs. Jesus. Yeah. This is, like, abuse. This is, like, <clears throat> child, child abuse. But that's what Kellogg thought was important. You got to know. Ugh. You know what's good? Hmm. Raise your children so they feel like at any point in time their <laughs> privacy and personal space is violated. Yeah. They, um, it's real they, bad. They can't be honest with you, can't have any kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, you're probably not telling them any facts about sex, so they're in the dark about that. Right. Other than that, it will poison them and kill them. Yes. And that anything that feels good is horrible. Yeah. It's really upsetting. I mean, this was like a thing he recommended people do like catch your children. Like, that's a freaking nightmare for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No, no, not so good. So uh, let me go back <clears throat> outside of all this now. We've talked about a lot of his medical beliefs. But let's mm-hmm. talk about cereal. <laughs> let's, let's turn this around. You've rung the bell, David. I know. It's hard to go back now. I know. <laughs> it's time to talk about cereal. <laughs> because, um, so like I said, he, he thought that the, this was a, a, a better way to prevent all these ills was like a vegetable-based diet. Like, like among other contributors to masturbation was like poor diet. No, the ironic thing is here huh. is like cereal is not really good for you. Well, especially not in the form we get it today. Yeah. Which is like always heavily Processed sugared. Processed and sugared. Yeah. And- but he was like advocating <clears throat> people eat like whole grain and stuff. You know, like he was yeah. he was trying to have people eat blander foods and higher fiber foods. And like, you know, like I think the blandness is important. <laughs> Because he hasn't already tried to rid of us of every other joy. Again, it's like. He doesn't want me to masturbate. <laughs> can't have sex. <laughs> my wants- parents are sneaking up on me and ridding me of like my privacy and my personal space. Yeah. And now I have to eat super bland foods. <laughs> yeah, just like just a and bowl of no oatmeal. meat. Yep. That's that's all part this of the treatment. This is a very raw deal. It's a shitty life. Dr. Kellogg had to have a shitty life. A little sympathy for Dr. Kellogg. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, he did he did put people through a whole bunch of insane shit, but also his yeah, but life he sucked. Also said that people should have their clitorises cut <laughs> off and like be abused. I so I don't have that much sympathy. I somewhere in here I noted that they had this idea to like keep you from becoming aroused, which was like like for men, where they would like like an uncircumcised penis, right? They would go through the foreskin with like a wire over the top of the head and out mm. the other side so that if you became aroused, you were like, you were like out. Like, anchored. Yeah, yeah, you were anchored in with a metal so wire. They were basically inducing. Yeah, something like phimosis. Phimosis. Yeah. Not naturally. A, yeah, more or less. A fucking wire <sighs> instead of. Like what a horrible thought. The skin. Ugh. I, I didn't. I wasn't even going to mention that one. But anyways, uh, cereal high fiber is good. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to cereal. Um, he was a contemporary of George Washington Carver, which is a thing I didn't know. The two of them actually exchanged uh, a lot of letters around the time, like that. And there were there were a number of different like peanut based paste type things being invented at the time. Like peanut butter was not like a out of nowhere brand new thing. Yeah. A lot of people were <clears throat> experimenting with things like that. Kellogg had a test kitchen in the sanitarium where they cooked up a lot of these things, right? A lot <laughs> of his inventions. He had like a test kitchen mm-hmm. for like foods around healthfulness. Um, 
he had developed something called nutoline. <laughs> Is it Vaseline made of nuts? I don't know. It's a really lame name. <laughs> but it was like a nut-based spread. Nothing was as good as what I'm assuming it's lean like L-E-A-N. No, 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 no. L-E-N-E. Okay. I thought he was going for like lean, like svelte, like yeah, no. weight loss. No, it just makes no sense. It doesn't and make it any sense. It sounds like a product I'd apply to dry, cracked skin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or to, yeah, or to your nuts. Some people call that <laughs> nut butter. <laughs> Do- Dr. Dr. Kellogg would never advocate applying any cream to your nuts. I know No, that. because that would lead to masturbation. <laughs> <Natural>. I mean, <laughs> well, you're down there. Um, you got to rub, you got to massage it in. It has to be absorbed. This episode's so gross. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> well, yeah, I am kind oh, of. Oh, you are. <laughs> um, so let's get to the cornflake. I'm not. Let's just be clear. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm not. The cornflake was invented in 1894. <clears throat> that is a that is a 19th century cereal. How crazy yes. is that? And it's still kicking. Yeah. Uh, and it, apparently his whole family was involved, which is this is where this gets interesting. Um, Even his adopted kids? I'm putting interesting in air quotes because I don't know if anyone <laughs> cares. Uh, but there was a lot of, like, conflict about what members of the family were responsible for what. Like, who invented what part of the cornflake. Everyone was trying to get this sort of, like, corn f- flag <laughs> t- t- together. <laughs> Dave has lost it. I really have. Oh, God. Everyone was trying to get this corn-based flake is what I was going to say. They just want their corn recognition. Yeah. Their corn (laughs) flake recognition. Yeah. I'm sure there's a really good pun that I'm not going to I'm not finding it. I'm reaching as far as I can. Uh, I'm just bumping into masturbation (laughs) puns and not cornflake puns. So here's the genesis of the cornflake. Last night's batch of dough one day got left to sit out, right? Uh, it was run through the rollers anyway, and as a result of it having dried out more than they had, like, typically been doing, mm-hmm. it created it a flaked. delicate and flaky cut that could be baked into a flake. So that's it. Just, it's so funny how many inventions are an accident. Stale. Yeah, let it go stale a little bit. Um, they filed a patent in 1895. And they were approved the and next year. And they were year. told you can't file a patent for letting your dough go stale. <laughs> yeah, like you can't patent shitty old dough. <laughs> uh, they called it Granos. What a horrible name. He's okay. <laughs> He's really bad at names. Revoke his naming privileges. Yeah. Go back in time. Take him away. Actually revoke his ability to speak or do anything. <laughs> Let's just nip well, this in the bud. It got a little better. They called it Granos Flakes shortly after that. It sounds like Thanos. I just feel like the Avengers need to step in. (laughs) Well, thank goodness they didn't because we have that delicious flaky cereal we all love so much. I actually don't know if anyone eats cornflakes. It was never my favorite. I enjoy a cornflake quite a bit. Will you still be able to enjoy it? I think so. In the same way? And I'll tell you why in a second here. Okay. Uh, Very early, there was a big disagreement in the family about whether or not to add sugar to the flakes. (laughs) This sounds so silly, but it's oh, true. Oh, I understand, though, a because huge he's, rift. like, super yeah. healthy. He's not into sugar in general. It's one of those, it's, again, if it's pleasurable, it can't be good for you. Yeah. 
his brother. Well, in, in, in all fairness, it's not, so. Right. Like, we know eating a ton of sugar is not good for us. Um, yeah. But at the time, you know, John's brother wanted to add sugar. I think it really did probably have mostly to do with selling the stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, John was not interested. Um, so his brother founded uh, Battle Creek Toasted Cornflake Company. And that is what eventually became the Kellogg Company. Oh. So I knew I kind of had to bury the lead here a little bit, but... Basically, Kellogg's was the brother of John Kellogg. Okay. So you could feel okay about buying Kellogg's cornflakes because I'm pretty sure the brother never removed anyone's clitoris. I was going to say, he probably didn't mutilate any genitals. I'm assuming he didn't. I hope not. Um, Frosted Flakes are his contribution, his big contribution. And here's the other thing that's kind of sad. John Kellogg lost the legal right to use his own name in these products because his brother owned it now. Yeah. So he couldn't even sell a Kellogg's corn flake. Well, he's got granose flakes. <laughs> yeah. Granose flakes. No, what's, what's wrong with that? It's catchy. Um, One last thing I want to touch on uh, before coming to the end of the story. The Serial Wars. This is my favorite thing. It's sounding more and more like a Marvel movie. This, Marvel. This is get a, on this. This is a short addendum. But this is something I never realized, and I think you'll find interesting. Who is the biggest competitor to Kellogg's today? Name some cereal brands. Who can you think of? General Mills. Like General is the Mills one. is one. Um, Kasha Golin. Uh, yeah, they're in there. How about Post? Yeah, Post. Post. I, like I told you, I'm not a big cereal fan, right. so. But Post is a name everyone knows. Yeah. They make Raisin Bran, right? Yeah, that's the one that I like. Yeah. Uh, Post was founded by a guy named C.W. Post, who was treated at the sanitarium. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Amazingly. <laughs> I find this he so funny. He created his own competitor. He bizarrely <laughs> founded his own sanitarium in 1891. <laughs> what is happening in the world of cereal in sanitariums. <laughs> this is so silly to me. Like, these two rivaling medical doctors who also are making cereal, right? Um, so, <clears throat> interestingly enough, it was later affiliated with the Christian scientists. I know. It gets weirder the more you talk about it. Um, his sanitarium was also opened in Battle Creek. What is going on in Battle Creek, Michigan that's inspiring all the cereal and the sanitariums? Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm getting to the best part. They released Grape Nuts in 1898. I can get behind the Grape Nuts. <laughs> so this whole warfare of like mental and physical health around cereal spawned the breakfast cereal industry we have today. It's so strange. Two dueling sanitarium operators who have their ideas about what cereal is best. I don't know if CW Post had a uh, obsession with not masturbating or not, but I bet it was I bet it was involved. I don't know how do the Christian scientists feel about this? Don't know. Actually, I think they're probably I don't know. My guess is they're cool that most people aren't this like 
opposed to, like, especially like, like marital sex. I feel like, like Ross and Carrie did an episode on Christian science, they but probably did. it was absent of a lot of <laughs> mention of masturbation, so I stopped listening. <laughs> right. was, they didn't talk about <laughs> masturbation enough, so I gave up. Yeah. I um, mean, that's how I judge my podcast. So I'm about to wrap this up. I'm right. Uh, Kellogg basically published the last of his written works in 1929, right? Mm-hmm. It was a guide on massage. I don't didn't really, which seems again like a thing that's oh, that to me seems like contradictory. Yeah, counterintuitive. We all know massage leads to wankening. Always, at least. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just like another thing. Like what people can't touch themselves, but other people can touch them. I don't really know if I get it. Um, but his greatest legacy in terms of his written works is the first book he published, which he op- updated so many times throughout his life. Uh, it changed names. Uh, eventually, it, it became uh, known as Plain Facts for Old and Young. Um, and had so many additions to it that his final release had ballooned up from 356 pages all the way up to 900 pages. Um, and in this book, which a lot of it was co-authored with his wife, interestingly, like on their honeymoon, they added 100 pages to this book because they weren't fucking. So yeah, <laughs> you got to do something. To, you got to find something else to do on your honeymoon. Kinky. Yeah. Um, in this book, you'll find a lot of his theories on things, like I said, applying irritants to the genitals. Uh, alcohol. Don't do and, that. Don't do that. Alcohol and tobacco as evils and poisons. And uh, piercing. I mean, yeah, but also they're fun. Piercing the foreskin with the wire. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, <clears throat> I put that. I think this is his true legacy. Yeah. Basically, anything John Kellogg says to do with your genitals, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Don't do that. I know you're thinking about it. <laughs> I'm telling you not to. Baby, uh, <laughs> sweetie, darling. Put put down the wire. Put down John Kellogg's book. <laughs> Just walk away. What are you doing? Eat his brother's cereal. That's fine. But don't pierce your genitals. Have a bowl of porridge. I mean, you can if you go to a piercing plate, not with a wire. (laughs) Not to keep from masturbating. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. None of his advice is good, essentially. It's not good advice, except the eating stuff, maybe. Yeah, like he had some good dietary advice overall. I wouldn't advocate putting yogurt up your butt. Don't put your yogurt up your butt. I don't think that can be good for you. No, I don't advise that. Uh, and knows? we all maybe know I'm a doctor. Maybe it's fine. I don't know. Again, my butt's pretty full. <laughs> the Christy Davenport story. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. Man, let's publish that. That'll yeah. get so many hits on Amazon. It, it might. They'll all want to know about my full butt. <laughs> You're laughing, but. Oh, it would. It would. And people would be very upset about how little action there is in it. Uh, let me detail quickly some more John Kellogg obsessions. He was really into phototherapy at the sanitarium. It had a natural <laughs> and artificial light therapy thing, which is, again, like I said, Thomas Edison was one of the patients there uh, in the phototherapy area. They uh, were into electrotherapy, uh, massage therapy, uh this is interesting. He was involved in the development of foot vibrators, a slapping massage device, and a body kneading device designed to cure anemia, debility, and muscular nervous <laughs> weakness. I don't. <laughs> this, he knows that people use those uh, yeah. foot vibrators on their junk, right? <laughs> as soon as he walked away. <laughs> 
minute the, the minute the therapist leaves the room. Yeah, just I just I think that's funny. The instantly an, applied to the genitals. The anti-masturbation guy devised a number of slapping and vibrating devices. The founder of the personal vibrator, the personal <laughs> massager. I just thought that was funny. He gave us cornflakes and personal massagers. Um, I'll Let also, us be grateful. Also, the irrigator, his device for enemas, that's patented. His enema machine uh, was uh, ahead of its ahead of its time. <laughs> I'm not one for enemas. Yeah. But if I were, I promise you, I wouldn't use a device called the irrigator. <laughs> I'm not a canal. Well, it but it was a highly advanced irrigator. It was a it was a breakthrough. It allowed you to measure precisely how much you put in and the pressure. So pretty sophisticated butt rinser. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, I, and I was going to throw this out here. I don't want to <clears throat> leave it out. It's important, but I didn't come across a lot of information on it. He was a eugenicist, as a lot of people, scientists at that time were. It doesn't excuse them, but it was like, it's worth noting a lot of these people were obsessed with, like, genomic purity that, and stuff. I mean, that falls is, in line with the rest of his yeah, beliefs kind of. of, like, health and wellness and yeah. how do we be the best we can be. yeah. I think the fact that he fostered a bunch of uh, black children doesn't really make this not racist for me. <laughs> oh, they were black. Um, well, they were they were all kinds of kids. Okay, you know, kids of all different races. Um, just something interesting and worth noting. I would be I would feel wrong if I didn't mention he was a eugenicist. Yes, it needs to not yeah. be ignored. Um, but so let's just cut to the end. John Kellogg died in 1943 at 91. He was an old guy. I was going to say, that's a long life. He made it a long way. You got to credit that to all the butt rinsing and cornflakes. All the lack of masturbation <laughs> and sex and yeah. putting yogurt up your butt. It helped him live a long time. That's what did it. It just goes to show that no matter what you, can, what you do, mm -hmm. you might live a long time or you yeah. might not. You might not. You could smoke cigarettes every day and live a long time. Or not live a long time. Yeah. You could also put yogurt up your butt. <laughs> That's a thing you can do. You could. And he, and he did. I wonder if he put yogurt in his own butt. No one ever said anything about that in my research. I don't here. know. He seems like a guy who's like the one in the background telling people to put yogurt up their butts, but yeah. never does it. Like, I doubt he applied like acid to his penis. <clears throat> I don't know if he put acid on his penis. I wouldn't think so. He might have put acid think, on his penis. I think he also patented. I forgot to cover this, but I think he patented like like uh, underwear that like like a like you. a device like a like a chastity device that like pins and needles your genitals of things. I don't know. I I, I don't want to say because I didn't look that much into it. The dog is Torture whining over there. He's driving me insane. Yes, we're almost done. Doug, shush. Um, like I said, he died in ninety one. Um, before he died, the Great Depression. Took his sanitarium away from him. Hmm. Um, Why he, am I sad? I'm not sad. I'm a little. I'm a little sad just because no. you know. Well, you know, whatever. I don't know. No, I, this guy was awful. Yeah, he does. He was doing horrible things to the people in that sanitarium. Yeah, he's pretty awful. Yeah, I, I do think that's the thing, though. I do think with the honest <clears throat> intention to help people, doesn't he, matter. He was wrong. Yeah, he was wrong. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. There are a when lot of the people, balance of a human life. There are a lot of people during that time who did not do any of those things. <laughs> You're right. Good point. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, one last note. Uh, before he died, he wanted to reconcile with his brother. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of ate at him, as I understand. And so he had written a letter to his brother to ask to reinitiate the relationship. And when it arrived to his brother's secretary, she didn't want to she didn't present it to him. She didn't think he'd want to see it. Oh. So it wasn't until John Kellogg died that his brother became aware that he had wanted to reinitiate their relationship, which I thought was kind of sad. Oh, I'm mad at that secretary. <laughs> yeah, right? Like what business is it of yours right. to decide that? Um, probably again, well meaning. But if this were today, yeah. This is what's going on in my head when you're telling me this. Mm-hmm. If this were today, this is how that contact would have happened. He would have taken a video of himself eating a bowl of, oh no, his wasn't grape nuts. No. I was going to say grape nuts <laughs> as like an olive branch, but it would be Kellogg's, I guess. Corn flake, like yeah. the sugared ones. The sugared, the frosted flakes. <clears throat> and he'd yeah. be like, they're actually really good. It's the- Miss you. Yeah, miss you. I love you, bro. I'm sorry I encourage you to put yogurt <laughs> up your butt and- Circumcised, get circumcised. Takes a photo of himself eating sugared cornflakes, immediately masturbates uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what I got on John Kellogg. That's it. Well, that was a ride. There's more, uh, but I just, that's what I got. That's what I found. Um, John Kellogg is interesting. And I didn't know until I did all this that he wasn't the proper namesake of Kellogg's. He was the brother. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So puts a nice little wall between your breakfast and uh, forced clitoridectomies, which yes. is nice. I like to keep those as separated as, as possible far, also. As far apart as manageable. Yes. Um, but that's that's kind of it. And I, you know, like I, this is a long episode. We're going two hours here. This is the this longest, is the longest we've, we've done we've in a long done. time. So I am sorry, I guess, that it's such a long episode, but I had a lot of fun with this one. <laughs> and I'm hold on, I'm just writing down takes a bite of frosted flakes, immediately starts to masturbate furiously. Uh, it's, uh, this is important. We need to document these it's things. One of these uh one of these cereals that uh, your parents would not approve of for sure. Uh, not, not. What's the line? It's contested mother contested approved. Contested mother approved. <laughs> I knew what you were thinking of. That's kicks. Yeah. Uh, which Such is a shitty cereal. It's so bad. It doesn't taste good. No. It doesn't taste like anything. It tastes like the milk that it's in, maybe. That's about it. Um, but yeah, let's wrap this one up because the dog is whining over there and he's driving me a little insane. And we've done a long episode, so Yes. Um Thank We've you. Talked about so so much. Yeah, I I really appreciate uh, you guys listening to this one. I know this one got weird. So if you've made it this far, <laughs> if you haven't tuned out by now, thank you. Maybe one day I'll just post up pictures of my notes. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, <laughs> if you can the... read them. Sometimes <laughs> they're entertaining. Um, but yeah, that's Goose Chase. Goose Chase. I like when I say Goose Chase and I wait. I know you'll follow up with Goose Chase. So except for the times that I fail to. Yeah, it's very it's rare. Uh, bye. <laughs> Wait, um, were you just saying bye? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, well, hold on, I'm not done. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say thanks for listening and we'll we'll be back next week, as always, uh, with another episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. <laughs> All right, that feels right. <laughs> See you next week. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. 
We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 